Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. So look, I'm probably going to get way too much pleasure out of the stories that I have to tell you today. Both of them come from the life of my son, Luke, one from just two weeks ago and the other from maybe two years back. He would tell you that they are probably the two most emotionally traumatic moments of his young life. It is not an exaggeration to say that he went into panic mode and started falling apart. It just so happens, though, that I was the only other person with him during both of these events. And they were tough. Cold, rainy, windy, awful circumstances. And while it really may have felt like the end of the world to him, me being a little bit older and viewing it from the outside understood that he would indeed survive this and he could mitigate the damage if... He could just calm down and think it through. I am going to lay all that out for you today because, again, I do get a little kick out of it, mainly because he's ridiculously good at everything. Most things come super easy for him, but no one is exempt from emotional overload. And more importantly, I was able to ask him the same question in both cases. And while it definitely took him a little while to calm down enough to answer that question, it did make a big difference. And it is that particular question that sits at the center of today's episode, and I'm going to be encouraging you to ask it of yourself and also others when you or they are in moments of deep sadness or pain or surprise or fear or any of those negative emotions that often leads us to impulsive behavior that can make things worse. I'm not going to say this is the most important question in the whole wide world. I'm sure questions about God and theology and salvation are more important. But it is something that I ask myself at least once every week. It is something that my family has come to expect from me in conversations where turmoil exists. And I would like to share it with you in the context of some events in my son's life. So a couple of weeks ago, Luke was in a two-day golf event with his high school team. They were set to play 18 holes the first day and then come back and play 18 the next. The weather was highly questionable that first day, although Luke was playing pretty well. But in that last hour, everything took a turn for the worst. The temperature dropped to 38 degrees. The wind gusts were above 30 miles per hour, and it was raining. I was walking alongside him, and we were both drenched and frozen, except I didn't have to swing a golf club. So he gets up on the last tee box of the day, a par four into that wind with water up the right. He takes a mighty swing at a three wood, and the ball flies to the right, and no one knows where it lands. 
He tells me walking down the fairway, Dad, I can't feel anything. My hands are totally frozen except for this intense pain. He was using those hand warmers, but they had long since lost their heat. So we get down there and we actually see his ball over on the other side of the hazard. But the problem is, it's almost impossible to get to. He would have to walk a couple of hundred yards back to the tee box to get around or all the way down to the green to get over to it. And I'm here to tell you that at that moment, he was done. He started falling apart. He was super upset. He was in pain and he was ready to give up. In fact, I saw him take a couple of steps toward the clubhouse, like he was just going to walk away and leave his clubs and everything. So I walked over to him and I said, hey, bud, calm down. Just take a breath, relax a second. We're almost done with the round. It's all going to be okay. And I'll be honest, I had to go through that little spiel three or four times to get him to stop pacing to nowhere. And as it dawned on him that he had to do something I asked him this question, Luke, what are your options? Now, to me, this is a very important question. This is where we are. I know you're super upset. I know you wished you were anywhere in the world but here, but this is where you are. What are the choices available to you? And he looked at me like he didn't want to answer. And I said, okay, I'll start. Option one, we just quit. We take our bag, we get in the car, we go home. You get disqualified, though I've got to tell you, I think you're leading this tournament. So that's one choice we have. What else can you do? And he's like, well, I could get over there somehow and maybe just hit a little nine iron back into the fairway, or maybe I could take a four iron and try to go 200 yards into the green, but that doesn't look good. And I was like, good. Okay, you're thinking about it. Which one's it going to be? I would have liked to seen him hit the four iron, but he pulled out a nine iron. We got lucky at that exact moment because a coach was coming by from another team in a golf cart and agreed to take him all the way around to his ball. So that was really good. Also, it helped him calm down a lot because he didn't want to embarrass himself in front of a stranger. So he drives all the way around to the other side, knocks a nine iron back over across the fairway, comes all the way back around, hits a pretty good shot straight into the rain and the wind, a little short of the green, and ends up hitting a nice pitch up onto the green and making a 10-foot putt for bogey. A great bogey. I'll be honest with you guys, and I told him later, this looked like a triple or a quad from Jump Street. But he did survey his options, make a conservative choice, and then execute it well. And it turns out, after day one, he was winning by one stroke. This led to some good conversation on the way home. I said, Luke, you really fell apart out there. He's like, yeah, I totally did. But I said, you know, ultimately you had to do something. And I'm proud of you that you found a way to calm down and answer that important question. What are my options? Which move is the right move from here? He had three on the table and he chose the best one. Sometimes, and in fact, most times, you have to get through emotional reaction down to logical options. And that's really the message that I have for you today. I know things happen. They are surprising. They can be painful. They can make you very, very angry. But quick emotional responses almost always create more trouble. And one of the reasons for that is that those choices did not have to compete with any other choices to win out. You just felt it, and you did it. You craved it, 
and you grabbed it. Asking about your options makes you look at the paths in front of you and it demands that something finds a way to win over the other things, which leads to confident behavior and better results. The second story is one that he and I talked about on the way home. A couple of years ago, we had gone skiing together in Colorado. And for all of the things that he's ridiculously good at, skiing isn't one of them. But he wanted to get off of the bunny slopes, so I took him on to some other runs. And we kept getting lost. We kept skiing to the right and hitting a dead end except for a lift. So we did that twice, and we ended up at the very top of the mountain. And not unlike at the golf event, the weather turned awful. Temperatures were down in the teens. It was snowing heavily, and the wind was blowing it straight across into our faces. Somewhere along the way, he had lost one of his gloves, and so there we were again with totally frozen fingers. We found this little hut at the top where we could go in and get some hot chocolate, and he was so upset, scared, and didn't know what to do. And to be honest with you, I really didn't know what to do either. So after we sat there for 10 minutes and could feel our fingers again, I said, okay, Luke, let's talk about this. What are our options? And he didn't know what to say. And again, I said, I'll start. One, we can just sit here for two hours and see if the weather changes. And then he chimed in with something like, maybe we could call someone to come up and get us and ride us all the way down. And I said, yeah, I think that's probably an option. Or we can finish this hot chocolate. You can have one of my gloves and we'll just go down slowly, and we'll get there, and before you know it, we'll be back in our hotel room. Now, I have to tell you, 10 minutes earlier, that would have been an impossible decision for him if I would have just said, get up, that's what we're doing. But having sat there for long enough to gather himself, realize that he is probably going to live through this, and weigh three options, it became clear that that was the best thing to do, and this confidence came with it that said, we can do this. And we did. It took a while, and I lost three fingers to frostbite, or at least it felt like I was going to. But we eventually got home, and everything was fine. So as you hear these stories that were extreme to him, I want you to think about how there are similar circumstances for you or your family. Some things happen very quickly and catch us by surprise. Other things are just so heavy that they have an incredible impact on us. Impulsive, emotional, Not well-thought-out behavior usually takes one of two roads. We either do something quick and reactive, or we do nothing. We shut down. And there can be times for that where you can just shut it down for the day before you consider your options. But oftentimes, events are unfolding in real time, and you do not have the benefit of an emotional shutdown. I mean, I guess in most cases that is an option, but it is almost always the ill-fated path or the one that causes you to miss out on the right one. Become the kind of person that can weather the emotional storm. Collect yourself long enough to ask a super important question. What are the options available to me? Then move towards logic and mentally assess them. And then the choice that you make will have validated itself by beating out other roads and confidence will come. And here's what's really cool about it. It's not just about super extreme, awful weather situations. Hopefully, it becomes the kind of person that you are and it benefits you in other ways. 
I'll add a little bonus portion to one of the stories to help exemplify that. In that golf tournament a couple of weeks ago, we went out for day two. The weather was a lot better. It was still very windy and pretty cool, but the sun was out. And Luke was kind of hanging in there, staying competitive, and then he got up on that same par 4 18th hole again. He could feel his fingers this time, but it didn't keep him from knocking it into that water hazard. This time, I knew that he wasn't in terrible pain, so I just stood back and observed. I watched him wheel his little cart right up to the water, assess what was happening around him, no collapsing body language, no frustration evidenced. He just took out his rangefinder and he looked at how far that he had, and he surveyed his options. There were a couple of options he had on where to drop the ball with a penalty stroke, and he chose wisely, and then he had to decide to hit the nine iron and lay up, or the long iron and go for it. He made the decision. He knocked that long iron onto the green and made a nice putt for par. It's really interesting to me looking back at that hole both of those days. It was a bogey and a par that could have been much worse in both cases, and then he ends up winning the tournament by two strokes. So I think positive outcomes like that can really reiterate the value of surveying your options. Now, in these last few minutes, I want to issue a warning, especially to men. Now, while all of us, male or female, can be in torrential situations like Luke and have to find our footing and choose our path, in general, men are more logical thinkers. We're more about roads, options, and paths. Women are, in general, more emotional. Events have a heavier impact and stagger them in different ways. It's like that presentation the guy did one time about a man's brain being different boxes that stay separated, and in a woman's brain, it's more like a bunch of wires, and they're all crossing over, and the emotions of one is transferring over to the other. So in particular today, I want to talk to gentlemen about how you would use the question, what are your options with your wife or daughter or mom? So last night before recording this, I walked through a lot of the opening stuff with Summer, and she looked at me and said, that's all great, Chris, and that's where I always need to get, but sometimes I just want to whine, and I want you to listen. Now, just to be clear, I am not saying she is a whiner. That was a direct quote from her, but I think we know what that's like. Sometimes I don't want to talk about options. I don't want to look at the best path and plan out the way to execute it, I just want to talk about how I feel. And while men do this as well, it is more typical in women to do so. There is this fantastic video from a handful of years ago with a young lady sitting on the couch with her boyfriend, and she's looking at him trying to express how she feels. She says, I just feel this pressure building up. It's, it's in my head, and I can't get it out, and I don't know what to do about it. And then the camera turns a little bit, and she has a nail sticking in her forehead. So the man, being more logical, just says, you know, you have a nail sticking out of your forehead. We probably need to remove it. And she says, it's not about the nail. It's about the pressure and the burden of this and how it's affecting me. And he said something like, no, actually, it's, it's really about the nail in your forehead. And she comes back with, you just don't understand me. I just need you to listen. And I think that's a part of how all of this should work. Sometimes there is no urgency. Sometimes we can just talk about how we feel. And with 
many people, you cannot get them to the options phase until they've had a chance to emotionally process what's happening. But our job as a husband and father in dealing with them or ourselves is to make sure that decisions are not rashly made or opportunities are not passed on because we've shut completely down simply because we have not learned how to transition from the emotional phase to the logical. But here's where our consideration on options and the question helps. When Summer or my daughter Hannah or anyone that I might be counseling at the building is ready to talk about what they might need to do, it almost never works out to tell them what I think they need to do and certainly doesn't pan out well when I tell them to do something. This is about helping them transition to a place of power to do the thing that they feel like is best. So, when the time is right, over and over again, with my family, counseling, and in many other scenarios, once we have settled a bit from the emotional impact, I ask them, tell me, what are your options here? In the case of the woman sitting on the couch with a nail sticking out of her head, at some point, one of those options has to be, maybe I should get this nail removed. In which case, I can now say something and then ask a follow-up question. Hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. How do you think that will help? And before you know it, they're convicted and convinced of a good decision that they have made. And my questions only helped to guide them. Okay, so I hope that helps you in dealing with other people. But if it's okay, I just want to finish by talking to you. Right now, in your life, what are some emotional burdens that you're carrying? What are some things that you feel that are difficult, that seem impossible? Are there situations that have had such an impact upon you that you really don't know what to do? Can you easily think back to emotional moments where you gave an instant outburst that you regret? Or is there some deeper weight within you that has kept you from doing anything about it for a long time now? As I said early on, maybe those were the right decisions, the impulsive thing that you did and the thing that you've waited on. But the problem I have with it is that they didn't have to validate themselves by winning out among other choices. The impulsive thing you did was purely reactive, and the inactivity you're lodged in now continues to be a reaction to the burden you're carrying. Let's at least make those choices prove their worth. I want you to pick one thing today, one thing that's hard or feels impossible or is totally unfair, one thing where the pathway ahead looks like a big, scary question mark. Do three things. One, find a quiet place to sit. Two, say a prayer and ask for God's help. And then, in a simple conversation with yourself, let's talk options. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.